And we're back. You never thought you'd hear this theme song again, did you? Belter tune. So, welcome back to the Wilson Taylor Show podcast with me, Andy, and the wonderful Jazz. We're the Wilson Taylors. Hello. Hi. And... (coughs) (laughs) Cut. Um... So we started this podcast in 2018. Yeah. <laughs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> and this is episode three. <laughs> we did one. We did one podcast about all the things you used to say on Twitter. Ah, oh, yes. And then... Took a short break of about six weeks. <laughs> and then episode two was about, uh, well, World War Three. But turns out that didn't end up happening. Mm. And now might end up happening for a different reason. Mm. Um, and then we bought a house. And we adopted like six more animals. We renovated two houses. We ran a whole summer worth of holiday lets in France. We filmed a TV show. Oui. Uh, so we didn't have any time for this, did we, really? Mm. Uh, and I should point out, actually, where we are. We're in the newly built, newly opened Sector 7 Studios here. Mm. Plug. Hashtag ad. Thank you, sponsors. <laughs> Last time we recorded <laughs> one of these, we were in your mum's basement. Yeah. And it's not a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, it was a little messier mm. than this room is. But this is the recording studio that um, I built in about two weeks. In the autumn, just gone. Do you want to blow new, blow new your own trumpet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of this space. Yeah, it's still needs tidying up. Because yeah. um, there's a cat that keeps on breaking into the ceiling. So, you know, it is possible in the next half hour or so that a cat will come plummeting through the ceiling. Um, Naughty Quincy. Yeah. It's a safe space up there for some reason. Um, but, yeah, this is the studio I've been dreaming of my whole musical professional career. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty psyched about it. And now so. we can do this together. <laughs> oh. So um, <laughs> here we are. We're back. We're back with the podcast, and we've got lots to talk about because it's been just like the most ridiculous, the ridi- most ridiculous eighteen months probably of our entire life. So the reason we were doing the podcast in the first place eighteen months ago was basically just to kill time. We didn't really have anything to do. We were living at your mum's place, mm. waiting for the purchase of our house to complete. Mm. Yeah, but. We listen to podcasts every day. Right, yeah, of course. So like, it's something we love. We love podcasts, and mm. that's why we chose to do one. But, mm. the, but the reason we could do one is because we had nothing to do. Yeah. Um, and then we bought the house that June. Mm. <laughs> and like, we basically haven't, haven't done anything mm. other than work on it since then. Mm. Why don't you talk us through like the first six months of that? Oh, just a blur. Um, so, yeah, we bought the house, literally moved in that day slash night by the time we finished signing a million pieces of paper. <laughs> right, yeah, uh, okay. Thanks, so, guys. So, uh, buying a house in France is, like, a bit of an experience. Mm. Surprisingly easy, I thought. Yeah, like, literally, you say, I want to buy that house. And they say, okay. And then, like, six to eight weeks later, you're in the house. Yeah. There's no, like, weird, like, there's no solicitors involved or, like, any of that weird stuff that seems to go on in the UK. It's like, eight weeks later, oh, here you go. Yeah. I think it hit me, sat in the notaire's office, actually, thinking, oh, shit, what have we done? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a little bit, yeah. 
Because uh, no one said, are you, are you sure, like, you know, this, you know, uh, it's going to be quite difficult or like, are you sure you want to do this? No one said that. Well, no, because they just wanted us to pay the money and get out. <laughs> right. um, yeah. yeah. For those of you that don't know, uh, the notaire is like the the kind of legal person or like legal team yeah. that... Um, actually makes the, the purchase and sale of the house happen. But they represent both sides. Mm. That's the weird thing. So they get paid twice. Mm. Nice. Um, Hashtag but, no tear goals. <laughs> yeah. And they, yeah, it pay, it shows that they get paid yeah, twice because their office is like a, like a modeling agency. Yeah, so lush. And it was like a Versace commercial. Yeah, it was. <laughs> In there. It's incredible. Like no uh, housing magazines, just like, Vogue. Mm. Yeah, everything was really expensive. Everyone was immaculately dressed, and like all these beautiful young people that don't seem to exist outside the office. Yeah. Um, they all they, drove really nice cars and had very nice handbags. Yeah. Even the men. So you and the and the <laughs> vendors and your estate agent all go and meet the notaire and like their assistants and their team basically mm. for the day, and and uh, you spend a couple of hours signing all the paperwork basically as you would with your solicitors, mm. right? But everyone's got to be there together. And it's quite a formal process. It's like I wouldn't say it's ceremonial, but it's definitely like a, a feeling that you know you, mm. there's a formality to it. Mm. You know, you be be part of the process. Mm. Um, and then everyone like has a coffee afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> but right, okay. Signing millions of pieces of paper. Yeah, yeah. My initials started to just look like a weird squiggle yeah. by the time I was done with it. Mm. And mm. I I had to be known by my maiden name, mm. which really spun me out because I kept asking, do I write my maiden name or do I write my married name? And they said, you choose. Mm. And I, I, I can't make decisions like that. Like, <laughs> just tell me. <laughs> so we signed, what, about 400 pieces of paper. Yeah. All in French, by the way. So it is completely possible that we had no idea what was going on. So I just had a car come into the driveway. Mm. <laughs> Shall I go? Shall I go and check? Well. The doorbell hasn't gone off. It's fine. There's okay. nobody here. Um, <laughs> we accuse our dogs of being twitchy, about people driving in. Weird. And like, it's because we're twitchy. Yeah. When you live in the countryside uh, and you're like miles away from literally anyone, when you hear a car go by for like the one time it happens in the day, you're like, who's there? Because it's it's not me and it's not you. I do about dingo. Well, yeah, big, don't worry about it then. Um, so yeah, you sign all these these bits of paper in French, and uh, this is this really crazy long process. And then you come out and you're like, oh, I own a house now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so funnily enough, so then we we drove to the house and. We moved in mm. that evening. Oh, oh. like it was, it was shocking. It was awful. Like definitely wouldn't recommend doing that. It was dirty. <laughs> there were cobwebs everywhere. There was grease everywhere. Oh my God. Grease everywhere. Dead mice. Oh, it was awful. Luckily, like we unloaded we didn't have a lot of stuff we had a van's worth of stuff mm. so I unloaded that and then managed to like get everything organized for like living temporarily and I think it was the next day we had a spot of rain <laughs> and then the rain came in the house as if someone had just turned a shower on full like up to 10 pouring through everywhere and all our belongings were everywhere. Yeah, like in the front room. In the front room. <laughs> yeah, you know that oh. thing that houses are meant to have that keeps the water out when it rains? What's it called? Oh, I think it's called a roof. A roof, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> our house didn't really come with one of those. It came with, I don't a, know. A like sheet. A, <laughs> like, uh, just a crap version with holes in. Yeah. Yeah. We, they didn't tell us that when we bought the house, by the way. No. Um. They said it's habitable. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a wild animal. <laughs> yeah. Well, mm, even that's not necessarily true because all the wild animals that were in the house were dead and mouldy. Yeah. True. When you say you wouldn't recommend doing that, I, what I guess you're referring to is 
buying our house. <laughs> buying our house <laughs> and moving in straight away. It's a great idea. Because you buy a house that's like actually got a roof and doesn't leak, mm. then uh, you're probably fine, right? Yeah. So, it, you know, from day one, we've just been covering up crap fixing everything yeah and the roof was a big one because we didn't know it was a problem and then we ended up having to diy a whole roof yeah uh which was pretty terrifying considering like, neither of us had ever diy'd anything no. um uh, i mean we knew we were going to have to carry out a renovation on the sheets and stuff but we didn't we didn't really bargain for that no because one of the things we kept mentioning was, is the roof okay? Is the roof okay? Yeah, you hear that is a lot. Is the roof okay? When you're buying a place a place in France, yeah. Normally, the first conversation you'll have with the estate agent and the vendors the is, is the roof okay? Yeah. And all the responses were, yeah, the roof's great. Really great. <laughs> the mistake we made, right? It, <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> if, if you look at our house, and you see it on Instagram, there's two levels of roof, right? There's like the 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 proper roof, the yeah. top roof, and then there's the front roof that covers like the terrace l- lower portion yeah. of the house. We didn't ask if both roofs were okay. No. <laughs> so Always when, ask if all roofs are okay. So when they said, "Is the roof okay?" and they're like, "Yeah, it's new," they were referring to the top one. Yeah, it's, it's a new roof. You're fine. And and th- they were telling the truth there. Yeah. But uh, it just was not clear that the roof over our like main living space. And that, that front portion of the house was full of holes. Funny enough, it's only our section that leaks. The terraces don't leak. Yeah. Or well, no, they, no, they did. They did, actually. Well, now they don't. Because we did a whole new roof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh. you know, you buy a place in France for, like, no money and, you know, that's what you get, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we bought the house. And, like, the list of jobs that we thought we had to do just, like, grew longer and longer and longer as the, as the days went by. So we moved out of the house and we moved into our luxury mobile home. Yeah, again, oh, yeah, it's not I that fucking luxury. love the mobile home. Just going to put it out there. Love it. Feel free to move back in any time. Oh, happily. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can look after all the animals. So our, our portion <laughs> of the house was... Uh, Habitable, technically, when we bought it, but within like five Te- seconds. Ha- but, but we, it's, what it's does habitable mean, though? It means you've got a toilet and electricity, running water. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> running water in the house. <laughs> yeah. Anywhere. It's fine. Um, but it was, it was because the roof leaked, right? Because that happened that we started poking around up there and then we, we kind of started peeling away the layers mm. and realising, oh, God, actually, this... this like what you can see here... Makes your eyes water. All needs to be ripped out. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't know that. We thought we could just kind of leave things as they were for a while, live in it for a few years and then renovate our place. Mm. But actually, um, it, it just became hell immediately. Immediately. So we spent the first, like, six months, basically demolishing the interior of our place and, and kind of rebuilding it a, a little bit to the point where it was habitable <laughs> by our standards. By our standards, yeah. And that doesn't mean it wasn't a building site because it's been a building site since, but we put new new plumbing in, new electrics in, we put a roof on it, mm. we ripped everything out, re-insulated everything, new walls, the, the whole the whole deal. Mm. It just like wasn't painted and finished. New toilets. Mm. New toilets, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that was necessary, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Because <laughs> they were shocking. Um, so we did all that, and that got us to what Christmas time? Yeah. Basically, we had a few things that meant that we we couldn't work constantly. We had to go to Dubai for your sister's wedding, which um, kind of like brought 2018 to a close for us. Mm. We kind of stopped there, which was nice. Uh, we adopted another dog then as well. We adopted Max. Mm. A little Maxi boy. And then when we got back from that and we got <clears throat> out the other side of Christmas, that was kind of when reality hit. It was like, right, okay, we we have a deadline here for Easter time, basically, mm. to get our two empty shells of jeets ready to let out for that summer. Yeah. Because <laughs> like we, we didn't have any money. Yeah. So we needed to renovate them so we could earn money. That was the whole idea. We needed to be open summer 2019. Mm. Um... 
so yeah, that was about January fourth we started. January third. January third. Because we picked up our work away. Yeah, yeah, we've got some workaway helpers in. Basically, if you're not familiar with workaways, it's you know slave labour. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, legal and like semi-ethical. What? <laughs> they lived in like a two-bedroomed luxury mobile home, which actually worked better than our own house did. When it was minus nine Celsius. Outside. They had radiators. We didn't. That's true. Yeah, we we didn't, didn't have any radiators in our house. They they had radiators. They were they were fed, watered. They had luxury, you know, amenities. <laughs> so Workaway is pretty cool if you're a traveller and if you're a host as well because it's just a website, right, where if you're wanting to travel someplace but you haven't really got, like, the means to support yourself when you're there. Yeah. You can't pay for accommodation or food or whatever. You just want to do, like, it's almost like a... You remember in school, like, the, the French exchange students? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, not dissimilar to that yeah. in, in, in the way it kind of feels. Um, we provide accommodation and meals in exchange for like an agreed amount of labour basically mm. for them in the week. So at one point we had what six? Yeah, we had six. It was it was a madhouse here. It was so much fun. I had so much fun and like uh, we met some amazing people. We met people. some amazing people and from all over the world. Yeah, which was which was incredible. And they were they were our age. Well, they were around our age between like you know eighteen to thirty. 35 yeah and you know that's we don't know anyone around here <laughs> <laughs> full stop full stop let alone people our age yeah um, it was amazing like if if I if we weren't doing this I think we'd be doing something like that we'd be travelling and doing a work away because it's just fantastic yeah they all got to learn new skills we got to also learn new skills <laughs> yeah. but it, it was amazing for us because you know what uh, what they were lacking in, in skill sets, right, when they came over here. Generally, they made up for in enthusiasm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and when, you, when you're building a house, most of the kind of legwork is just cleaning up. Yeah. So it was amazing to be able to, you know, kind of set them all on a task and be like, right, guys, just, like, make that space as clean as you can get it. Yeah. And it would take them, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. It would have taken me 20 days, you know, yeah. to do it on my own. Yeah. Um, like so. having f having four people help you tile a floor, like, oof. Yeah. Oh my god, that was incredible. Yeah. In Ligan, we got that done in three days. Yeah, that was mad. That was mad. And it looks great. So we spent from January through till May renovating. Yeah. Both the sheets. We finished the first one like first of April, mm. and then we did the second one in seven weeks. Yeah. That was insane. That was insane. But we had to because, like, the season begins in May. Here. Mm. And uh, we ran out of money. <laughs> yeah, we did. We <laughs> ran out of money um, completely. The week our first guest checked in. Mm. What's that about? It's crazy. Mm. I don't think you should give too much away because this is also on, like, on the show. Right. Yeah. So you sure. can't, like, don't, don't, like. Well, that's, that's, okay. So the show, right? Yeah. That's when they came here. Yeah. Was, we was just, around that. We were just finishing up. Yeah, we were just finishing and up. And our first guests were just yeah. due to come here. So we won't talk about what happened after that. Mm. But um, we, yeah, a TV crew from the UK for Channel 4, uh, A New Life in the Sun. A show that we watched. Yeah, the, All the time it. in the UK. Oh my God, come home, um, turn that bad boy on. They uh, sent their film crew out to France and we are on the show. So beginning May last year, they started filming us and filming the rest of our journey and kind of the, the launch of our business. Mm. Um, and they only left us end of October. Yeah, well, when did we go away? October. Yeah. Yeah. So that whole summer, they were filming everything that we were doing. And we were doing a lot. Mm. <laughs> My God. Um, and, and here we are, right? So then they left and then I built the studio. Mm. And like, now it's January. Yeah. Where, where did that go? <laughs> We're at the start again. Back to work. <laughs> so uh, 
in a kind of roundabout sort of way. That's why we've not done a podcast. Yeah, roundabout way. It took ages. <laughs> <laughs> We're not even here to talk about that. Well, I mean, we are and we aren't. Um, I think uh, we've learned a lot in that time. Mm. Uh, you know, first of all, like how to like do all the electrics and plumbing for a house. Mm. How to plaster. Mm. How to lay flooring. Mm. Um, how to build a roof. Mm. We've installed and built three kitchens. Mm. Three and a half bathrooms. been pretty hectic but you know these are all these are all skills right all things that we've learned yeah pretty amazing so uh what are we actually here to talk about today i guess we're here to talk about like <coughs> what what's life really like in france so we talked about a bit of our process mm. already to get here uh what i will say is you will learn an awful lot of things <laughs> that you didn't know you needed to learn when you moved to france mm. like how to put a roof on your house. <laughs> <laughs> um, because uh, financially speaking, it's a little different. I mean, I would say unless you've got like a full-time job. Right? Yeah. But like if, if you've got a full-time job, you need to be basically fluent in French. And I think very few people come over here with that skill. Yeah. They just come over with a shit ton of money. <laughs> which which we didn't do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're in a slightly unique situation because a lot of people come here to retire and they've got their pension and that's kind of just looking after their, their yeah. financial situation. We, we don't just thought, fuck it, let's go. <laughs> yeah, the UK is such a hellhole. I'd rather have nothing and just live anywhere else. <laughs> uh, yeah, no offence, but it's true. <laughs> um, so... Um, yeah, unless you've got a full-time job, right, and then, you know, finances, just whatever. But uh, sustaining yourself out here is, well, I personally have found it very different to sustaining ourselves in the UK. Yeah. Um, how can I put this? We're, like, broke most of the time. Yeah. You know? we, haven't got, we haven't got the money to spend on stuff that we would have in the UK. Mm. Maybe we were just living, like, frivolously in the UK. I don't think we were. But like, no, because we've never had any money in the UK. <laughs> right, right. But, like, you don't buy stuff here. It's not like, oh, hey, you know, uh, iPhone 11 Pro Max has come out. I want one of those. It's like, dream on. That's like six months worth of money. Yeah. Like, don't even think about it. Mm. You know, um, the latest gadgets and what's-its and doodads, <laughs> as they're referred to out here. It's like, doesn't even feature. No. No. Not interested. I don't think that's a really nice thing. It's a nice feeling to not. To not worry about that. But like generally speaking, you don't spend money on on loads of stuff that we'd be spending money on in the UK. Like, mm. I don't know, uh coffee. Oh. <laughs> right? <gasps> like just going to going to oh like walking down the high street and picking up a coffee. Mm. Like you don't do that. Yeah, like four times a day. Yeah. Oh. Um or you know, even eating out. And I know that's probably by virtue of the fact that we're vegan and like we're not catered for as well here. Yeah. But like it's just not part of our routine to like be fed here. I yeah. feel like in the UK it was like, let's get some food delivered. Yeah. You just, <laughs> good luck, mate. Yeah, but, you know, I think it, it was very different in the UK because, uh, you know, either one of us, you'd either be at home and still be working and then I'd come home at seven, half seven and you know, be expecting to be fed but you're you're working and so it's just easier for one of us to just order something and then just, you know, Forget it. Like, right. food is arriving. Do not worry. Because, you know, we were w working our asses off in the UK because we had jobs to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? But by virtue of that, it meant that we didn't have any time. Mm. So we, we basically couldn't look after ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas here, it's like, okay, we, we have the gift of time. Yeah. We have time. We were together all the time. That was really the main reason we did this, right? Yeah. So that we, we could, like, get our life back. Um, but, you know, I I feel like I'm constantly cooking, which is fine. I love cooking, but I'm doing it a lot. <laughs> well, three times a day. Yeah. And that's really cool. And I love cooking and I love learning about food and cooking all that stuff. But, like, what a different kind of routine to what I had in the UK. Yeah, well, it was, I'll just grab something on the way to work. Mm -hmm. And then at lunch it was... 
oh, I'll just grab something from Pret or, you know, yeah. you know, Sainsbury's or whatever. Yeah. And then it was, do we have any food at home? No, I haven't been shopping because I haven't had any time. Okay, I'll just order something. Yeah, or go to co-op over the street. Yeah. And just get like a pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, our, our, our kind of home life feels very different. Mm. You know, everything's made from scratch. Because the, the produce is so good here, right? So you can do mm. that. And it's, and it's, you know, we eat like restaurant quality food. Yeah. At home. Mm. All the time. Which is wicked. I know, I love it. <gasps> but that's because we have to do it ourselves. Yeah. I don't know whether or not we ever really considered that when we moved here. I don't think it's we did. just because we don't trust restaurants. There's that too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like, basically, like, food in France is weird. I find it really strange that, like, France uh, has its reputation internationally and it holds itself in this regard too, that it's, like, the best food in the world. Hmm. I don't think that's true, mate. Is it? Is that true? I mean, I know we're like we're not eating yeah. all the stuff that puts it there, right? But okay, foie gras, confit de canard, mm. right, duck in a tin. Mm. For those of you who don't speak French yet, <laughs> um, and what? Veal. Yeah, veal. That to me does not make. France, the best food in the world. No. Because here's the thing. That's all you're going to get. <laughs> that's all you're going to get. Yeah. That, that, that's it. That's all they do. Go to like, any, men any menu anywhere. And like my restaurants generally have got their menu on a chalkboard outside the front of them. Because, you know, they haven't discovered printers yet. <laughs> um, and it's like duck, duck, veal, duck. Yeah. Uh, steak hash. Maybe. Stick hash, yeah. Uh, and the, the food is just like, it's very rich. Everything's cooked with fucking cream. Uh, everything's just like fatty. Yeah. So, you know, we don't eat any of those things anyway. But, um... I'm sorry, that doesn't, make, that doesn't make you the best country in the world for food. Like, um, don't get me wrong, there's probably restaurants... In France, that are fantastic and they really know what they're doing. But there's great restaurants in every country that know what they're doing. Yeah, it, it surprises me. It's However, saying that, there are two places that we go to for fantastic food that we can even eat at, and so I think the fact we've got two to choose from just in our little area, it does say a lot. So, like, I think the smaller places, they do that stuff and that's all they do. But I think you just kind of have to have a bit of a a broader awareness. You know, in the summer, for example, we explored new and different restaurants. Mm. And, you know, we took we took a chance purely because we kind of have to get out the house. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know... They even catered to us. And what they did cater for us was really good. So yeah, I mean, there's one restaurant locally that I obviously love. Yeah. They just do cracking pizza. They do cracking pizza. You know, knock the cheese off it and it's banging. So. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just, I thought it was really interesting that, like, I was expecting this kind of deep cultural experience when it mm. comes to food. And that's, that. it's not, they don't cook a lot with the veg, do they? Notice that's um, not a duck. That's my stool squeaking. <laughs> yeah. Um, haven't got a confit de canard. And, you know, you've got the night markets in the summer, which, you know, uh, Marche Gourmand, which, you know, uh, implies that it's a good place to go and tuck into lots of food. It literally translates as, like, Greedy, greedy market. Greedy market, yeah. Uh, you just you know, go, and, go and stuff your face with... Again, local no vegetables. Got. No, but again, it, it's it's like... Get a lot of oysters here for some reason. Yeah, why? We're not even near the sea! Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Oh. I, guess I guess they're farmed. I don't know. Um, and, um, yeah, again, like local produce. And you see the occasional rotisserie chicken and, like, you know, like cheese yeah. stall. And, like, don't get me like wrong. That. I used to smash a rotisserie. Retic <laughs> uh, reticuri chicken 
Um, yeah, yeah. Like at a night market. Not anymore. I guess I'm just thinking of like, I remember when we, you know, we went to Thailand together, mm. right? And um, this was our honeymoon back in 2015. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that to me was a rich cultural food experience, right? Because it's like they're, they're like it's in their blood to like communicate through food. Everything's about communicating through food. You know, the street food, the the night markets, it's all food and it's variety and it's I don't know. It was fantastic. That felt that felt like a, a cultural identity that was based around food, and I, I, I was expecting for the same thing to happen in France here, and that's not happened for me. No, I know. But it's very different because in Thailand it was all, sh- well, it wasn't all, but it was mostly street food. Yeah. And so you have got like the little old women or the little old men with their one dish that they do really, really well. Is that not what you would have expected when walking down at a night market? Because it is for me, like. Yeah, I suppose so. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Um,. Maybe our outlook on food has changed sufficiently that we just don't see it. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. But it, it, it wasn't it wasn't that like crazy, amazing moment for me. Being like, wow, food. Mm. You know? I'd be interested to know if it's the same for other people. The night markets could be better across the board, to be honest, I think. And even when I did eat meat, I ate all the bad stuff. Yeah. And... Even then, I wasn't impressed. So, you know, I'm vegan now. I just avoid it at all costs. Maybe it's that um, that thing that we experienced with uh, North Cornwall, right? Where, like, it's such a tourist trap. There's yeah. so many people that come there that, like, you don't really have to bother trying. Yeah. Because you're going to make your money anyway, right? Yeah. So just, just like, <clears throat> wheel out whatever you can yeah. for the highest price possible. And, like, people are going to buy it anyway. And they'll be gone in a week. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, it sounds but really savage. But that's such a shame. I like the night markets as an institution. I think they're really cool in terms of, like, everyone in the town gets together and, like, they sit down and they have a drink and eat some food and there's music on and, like, mm. I think it's cool. Mm. Um, it depends which one you go to. Mm. Like, our local one's amazing because mm. it's, like, a good mixture of French and English. Mm. Mostly French. Whereas there are others in the area which are like all English and it's just like a big open air like pub garden mm. and everyone's just getting wasted mm. uh, and like I'm not down with that. No. I don't drink. So. Not these days anyway. <laughs> um, it's weird. Anyway. So yeah. Um, <coughs> that was kind of a different experience for us than we expected. Mm. Is the food. I, I, I don't know. I'm just, just like a little aside from that. People's kitchens. Oh, you raise a fantastic point. <laughs> right, you've got these big, like, farmhouse kind of buildings, you know, big rooms yeah. and stuff. And the kitchens are always shocking. So bad. Like, I've been to loads of people's houses here since we moved here. Yeah. And, like, I don't mean to just be awful about people's kitchens, right? I'm sorry. But, like, it's like they're not made for cooking. <laughs> you know yeah, it's like one of those toy plastic kitchens you get as a child to like you know yeah. play kitchen no proper oven so they'll have those countertop like combo oven grill things that you just like plug in they're everywhere and that's like people's main oven yeah I don't get that we've, we've got a big range cooker here that actually we were kind of given by a good friend of ours yeah um before that, we had another one. It was really similar, which we've now put in the Jeets, which wasn't expensive to buy. We bought it secondhand for, what, like 150 euros? Yeah. Nothing. Right? Absolute steal. Yeah. Um, it's not hard to pick up a good cooker here. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> people's kitchens are just awful. You watch um, uh, A Place in the Sun. Yeah. Right? Where, like, people are going looking at houses in France where they're not going to want to buy them. Next time you're doing that, look at the kitchens. Mm. I promise you, you'll be like, that is horrendous like no no one can cook in there no one's ever made a meal in there mm. and i don't get that because if we compare it to a country like thailand right where we had this rich cultural experience when it came to food because of street food the mm. reason for that is because people don't have kitchens generally at home that they can they can feed their families in yeah that's why street food is so affordable because that's how people go out and eat yeah. right 
what's the deal here? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. If their kitchen's shocking, which, it, like, they are, yeah. they're not cooking in them. No. And but they're just eating duck at restaurants every day. Where do they go, though? I don't, I where don't do know. they go? I don't know. I don't know. Because, like, this time of year, good luck. There's nobody here. There's no one here. They're all closed. And you can go to the local bar and, like, get a charcuterie plate for, like, nine euros. <laughs> What's that? Just some cold meats in the supermarket. I don't know. I don't understand. I don't know. I just, I, I honestly think that, like, people are at home. They've got their, like, big, like, family-sized tin of cassoulet and they're just tucking into it for six months. Yeah, I think so. That's the only explanation I have. Because in the supermarket, that aisle with all the confit de canal and yeah. the cassoulet, like, they've got a whole fucking aisle for duck in tin. <laughs> right? I'm yeah. not kidding you. A whole aisle for duck in tin. Yet we can't even get a section for a fucking veggie burger. <laughs> no, they, they did have veggie burgers. They had vegan burgers at the local Intermarché. And uh, uh, they don't stock them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> there was like one one product that we could buy um, that we could just chuck in a pan and eat. No, it's gone. Um, Savage. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. There is an abundance of duck in tin and ice cream in the supermarkets here. Oh, what's that all about? You know, like in the UK, we used to be able to go to the fr- the freezer section in any supermarket and like there'd be a decent vegan vegetarian section there mm. where you could get... <clears throat> I don't know why they call it anything else. It should just be called the Linda McCartney section. Yeah. Because right? that's where we used to buy everything. Sausages, the, you know, the fake duck. Oh my God, that was so good. Yeah, that's amazing. Um... Yeah, the stuff we used to live on came from the freezer in the UK. It yeah. does not here because there are zero vegan vegetarian products in the freezers here. Well, funnily enough, you should say that. I went to a well-known supermarket the other day and... Um, <laughs> you know, Ofcom doesn't regulate us, right? You can mention brands. <laughs> Leclerc. Yeah, the, the best. I, it's the best supermarket yeah, in France. Anyway, went to Leclerc and was walking along one of the freezer sections... And um, there was a vegan sign above the freezer. I hope you alerted a member of staff to the mistake they'd made. Holy shit. (laughs) Oh, my God. Best supermarket in the world at the moment. What do I do? Walk over to the vegan section of the frozen aisle. Oh, no. What's in there? (sighs) Oh, my God. Oh, I don't even think I can talk about it. It was I was horrified. Was it a, was it like a whole lamb so, leg? Mind you, <laughs> mind you, it's a vegan section. Right. So I thought mm, there's going to be like one vegan thing, and the rest will be vegetarian. I opened it up, and there's a whole fucking duck in there. You're kidding. There's processed veal put in there as well, and I think I, I literally thought to myself, they've done this as a joke. Right. They've, yeah. Someone has been like. Uh, Stick that on there. That'll be hilarious. They put a camera in the freezer to yeah. try and catch a reaction. Yeah, and there, I hope they caught my reaction because I was huffing and being very passive aggressive, and I didn't slam the freezer door too hard. I hope you left it open, but an inch. <laughs> I was like, ah! Yeah. That's that's the thing that winds me up. Was it like, um? Was it Bergerac? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. You see, the one in Vilna is way better. Oh, God. Like, there was nothing even vegetarian. So mm. I, I just think, you know, they, they've they got this they've got this sign and thought, well, I don't know what to do with it. Oh, we'll just stick it here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've got nowhere for the sign here. here here's yeah, we'll just it. stick it at the end. Oh, my God. Shocking. I, I almost took a picture, but an old lady asked me for some help, so I didn't. She wanted some... She, Duck in tin? She wanted... <laughs> no, she wanted, like, these, like, meatball things, which weren't meatballs. Mm. It's a bit weird. But they were too high, so... Oh, yeah, the classic. Like, we're tall. Yeah. <laughs> They're small. Let me reach that for you. Yeah. Yeah, it happens every time, doesn't she it? She for five. Crikey. I know. Five packets of this... Ball situation. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, okay. Uh, this brings me to something else that happens at the supermarket regularly. 
when you're done getting all your stuff and you want to go to the till and pay, suddenly you walk into like a museum from like the mid like 1800s. People aren't paying with cash. They are not paying with cards. They're not certainly not paying with Apple Pay. Dream on, mate. (laughs) What are they paying with? Check. Yeah. And it's shocking. It takes like 45 minutes for them to complete the transaction with a check. Because they've got to, they got to uh, check their ID. Yeah. They've got to do a full scan of the check. One for the till, one for the person buying. Um, and like all these machines are like steam powered. Yeah. Because, you know, why would you, why would you buy a new check processing machine in 2020? Like, yeah. mate, like, what's the deal? So... Checks are like well and truly like the primary currency here in France, and mm. I don't get that at all. I mean, we don't we don't have a checkbook, and now I know why the person at our bank when we were getting our account looked at us funny when we decided we wanted a, a debit card and not a checkbook. Yeah, we got to pay to have a debit card in our account. The checkbook was free. Now I know why, because <laughs> right? that's how you buy stuff in France. So uh, we like started doing our taxes here mm. right we just recently done our like taxes yeah here, which was you know actually not that bad because we got an accountant to do it for us <laughs> but um she's our, actually an admin assistant okay yeah but she does her accounts <laughs> that's, that's, that's she does our admin okay um and she filled out our tax return for us it was really easy. It just said zero, 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 zero. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, and, uh, you earned so much money this year. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and she said, uh, right, you know, post this back to the tax office with a check for this much and then you're done. And we're like, oh. <laughs> um, s- small problem. We don't have a checkbook. <laughs> and um, that made things really complicated. So can't pay taxes unless you have a checkbook mm. turns out you can do it online but it's, it is ball like actually compared to just like putting a check in the post um and like I, sometimes i get paid by check for the gigs that i do oh, yeah much give me cash <laughs> <laughs> or just put it in my bank or like whatever just like i don't know use paypal yeah use paypal guys I don't think that's got here. No. And, right, so you get your check and you go to the local bank in the oh. town that you go to to pay your check in. And they go, no, you can't pay that in here. <gasps> like, what? Why not? You know, you've got to go to the bank in the other town because technically we're two different branches, a bank, and... But they're we the don't, we don't, same <laughs> bank. We've got the same sign on the bank, right? It's the same, it's the same bank. It's the same bank. <laughs> but we've got to go half an hour up the road to pay the check-in because they don't talk to each other. Yeah, It's like that a lot in France. It's like, oh, this is going to be really easy. Oh, my God. That happened to me. The Oh, my God. That happened to me the other day. With my fancy Intermarché card, mm. I said, please, can I use my points? It's your loyalty card. My loyalty card. And she goes, are you registered here? <laughs> yeah, you got to be. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Like I'm registered with Intermarché. They're all over the fucking country. <laughs> no, you can only use them at the one that you're registered at. Yeah. Like like our Leclerc loyalty card is registered in Villeneuve. Oh, didn't so, get that with boots. Can you use my points anywhere. Yeah, you can only use your you can only redeem your loyalty points at the supermarket that you shop at. That dicks me off. <laughs> <laughs> but is that because France is such a big country? You know, things are broken down. Institutions are broken down into their regional versions <sighs> of themselves. <laughs> and, and they operate completely self-contained in that region and, and, like, just happen to have the same name on their building, but, like, they're technically a different business. And then, like, that is how it is with our bank, because we like, you go onto the bank's website and you have to choose your region before you can do anything. So it's like you're being taken to a different business based on the region that you're in. I don't really understand it. I don't understand uh, it. But, like, I, I, I guess this, this, uh, this brings me on to a thing that like if you live in France or you've experienced anything kind of bureaucratic in France you'll understand they love their paperwork mm. oh my gosh our purchase of the house was indicative of that for sure but like everything everything's got to be done in triplicate 
<laughs> you know, and uh, and if you send off a form, you have to make like two copies of that form, you know, just in case a anything happens to it, and b you know for your own paperwork filing system, and like mm. I'm just taking pictures of stuff because I'm like, you know, fuck this, mm. but. I've got a feeling that's going to come back and bite me in the ass. Yeah. I, I don't have, like, uh, a, a, you know, a sexual attraction to doing paperwork. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but apparently I need to I need to develop one to, to sustain myself properly here in France. Yeah. Um, they, they love it. Mm. My God, they love it. I know. But, it, okay, here's the thing, though, right? Jobs are preserved, in a way, in France mm. that I wasn't really expecting. So... Uh, how can Stamps. I put this? Yeah, okay, right. This, yeah, this is the thing. You can't walk into the supermarket and buy uh, paracetamol. Mm. You've got to go to the pharmacy to do that. Mm. And when I first got here, I'm like, oh, that's bloody annoying. Mm. I just want to be able to just pick up, you know, just some stuff for the bathroom cabinet or whatever. Yeah. Go go to the pharmacy and do it. But that keeps the pharmacist employed, mm. right? So when we go and do our weekly shop, which we haven't done in like two months... We can't just go to one shop and buy all the stuff we need. We have to go to all these other places and buy the stuff we need to get. Mm. Which, like, initially I found, like, just <laughs> really annoying. But I, I understand it now because it keeps everybody in a job. Yeah. And maybe the, the, the obsession with paperwork also does the same thing. Mm. It keeps people employed. It gives them a job to do. And um, I think that's really interesting. Yeah, it, you know... It kind of like helps the little guy out i think like mm. especially in the uk at the moment you can just go to you can just go to tesco's and buy anything you want in like, plastic oh my god yeah all, all wrapped in plastic it's just it's absolutely awful but like they do everything you know you've got your pharmacy there you've got your optician there you've got your dry cleaner there you've got your you know the photo booth printer you've got your travel agent there now you've got um, you can buy your washing machine, your dishwasher. You can buy everything you could ever want in a Tesco's. And, like, yeah, that's good for Tesco's. But what about, like, you know, Mr., you know, who, whatever his name is, down the road trying to, like, shift his organic veg? <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, Tesco's is just like, fuck you, mate. <laughs> like, yeah. I love this. And you don't see pharmacies on their own in the UK anymore. Like, they're just nip, nip to Tesco's or whatever, mm. whatever big chain supermarket that you shop at. And I think that's... Over here, you don't have that. Yeah. And and I think that is that is good. There's It's quite romantic, in a way, that you have to go to... go to a little place, a little shop, and, you know, buy all this stuff which is unexpectedly brilliant. It is. It is. Yeah. Maybe we've had a bit of a, a whinge in this podcast. That wasn't intentional. I think maybe what we were trying to do with this podcast was just tell you the truth. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because, because, here's why. Because we're on this TV show, which like definitely follows our life over six months in the summer. The good and the bad. All of it. Mm-hmm. But when I watch shows about living abroad, I'm not sure that they tell you all the little stuff about what life's really like here. Mm. You know, um, and like I, I, I want to do you a solid. I want to tell you. I want to tell you what, <laughs> what, what the deal is. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, because there's things you just don't think about, and uh, uh, the things that I, I know that I wasn't expecting to irritate me mm. when I got here. Things I wasn't expecting to love as much. Mm. You know, it's always like... Like mushrooms. Oh, hell, my God, yeah, the mushrooms. It's like, in the UK, you think, oh, there's just mushrooms, right? <laughs> <laughs> in France, no, 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 no. It's like, mushrooms is... It's like, say, well, like... What do you want? What do you want out of your mushroom? We've got them all. Yeah, there's kinds of mushroom here that I never in my wildest dreams I would have imagined would exist. Mm. And you can eat them all. And, right? And, yes, please follow on. You, so you're on a walk, right, up the road, through the farmer's field, and you think, oh, I'm going to pick some mushrooms today. Not through our garden. <laughs> Not through our garden. Stay the hell out of our garden. <laughs> um, but you, you think, 
well, how am I supposed to know if these mushrooms are safe, right? I don't want to, like, trip balls for the next four years, and I definitely don't want to, like, accidentally kill myself by eating the wrong mushroom. So you pick these mushrooms, and you can go to the pharmacist, yeah. and they tell you if it's safe to eat the mushrooms. Yeah. What? That is mad. What? Why like, is that a thing? Our friends told us that, and they were like, why haven't you done that yet? <laughs> because I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't realise I lived in the future. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah. You can't do that in the UK. Well, actually, maybe you can. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've never thought about do it. Do they get mushrooms in the UK? <laughs> yeah, but they're like covered in crisp packets and cigarette butts. and like. Oh, yeah. That nasty litter stuff in the UK. Yeah. Uh, right, I think we've gone on for long enough. We didn't talk about really any of the things that we wanted to talk about. No, we didn't. But that just means that we can save it all for the next one. Yes. So thank you for listening. Um, and thanks for letting us take an 18-month break, at least, on doing this podcast. <laughs> it's not going to be that long before the next one. We will be back. Now we've got the studio, Sector 7 Studios. Isn't it beautiful? Sector7studios.com. Residential rates are available. Are you not going to plug your Instagram? Well, it's just Sector 7 Studios. Number 7? It is the number 7 on the Instagram, yeah. (laughs) 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 Hashtag the house between two lakes. Yeah. Uh, Right. (laughs) So... (laughs) Um, yeah thanks for listening and uh, stay cosy and uh, we're going to go get the fire on and snuggle up on the sofa with our two dogs four cats two sausage dogs that we are currently babysitting and maybe a garden cat who's still up there he didn't didn't fall through don't know what to say (laughs) see you next time